gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Becoming Men podcast. I'm your host, Ray Delanues, and this is the podcast for good men on their journey to live epic lives. I show up every week with legendary guests who help me bring you some of the most impactful content out there on masculinity, and we don't disappoint. This week's episode is brought to you by mastermypurpose.com, but a little bit more on that later. Today, my guest is Ben Bennett. Ben is the author and podcast host, a speaker that serves with Josh McDowell Ministry as the director of Resolution Movement. That's a global movement, guys, that's helping people overcome the hurts and and the struggles and, and thrive in life. And that's what we're after, right? And so for the past 11 years, he's actually partnered with the world-renowned therapists, uh, ministry leaders, uh, and helping individuals, young and old, both understand and work through the underlying factors that are driving the unhealthy patterns in our lives. And he and Josh McDowell actually recently co-authored the book, Free to Thrive. And I can't wait to hear a little bit more on that today, but guys, I want to I want to really get you guys to know and introduce you to the story um, that Ben has to share. Ray, thanks so much for having me on. Looking forward to the conversation and I love what you're doing with this. Uh, unleashing and empowering a generation of men. So, so needed. Man, I, you know what? And it comes from a deep need that I had. And I, I think if I was one guy, there has to be one more. And so when I set out with, you know, to podcast, I said, there's just got to be one guy listening that's going to benefit from this. Now I know that it's a little bit more than that, maybe a couple <laughs> thousand more than that. But like, at least there's one guy that's walking away from this. And that's really what it all matters. So let's actually talk to that guy today. Um, and maybe he'll relate to your story. Um, or maybe he knows somebody else that would. So I'm sure mm-hmm. that all of this will be encouraging. But before we hop into it, if you could go back and talk to yourself, you know, let's say a decade ago, and you got a minute to talk to that guy, and then you're going to disappear back to the future type of stuff. What are you saying to him? I was already in my healing and recovery journey. And it was something I was starting to grasp at the time. But I would just reinforce how important it is to own who God made me to be and who he made me not to be. Don't try to be anybody else. Uh, my mentor says, if you're not you and I'm not me, who will be us? And we're the body of Christ. We each have gifts. I was put here to do things that only I could do. You were put here, Ray, to do things that only you could do. And if I could just own my quirkiness, my weaknesses, my strengths, and just be okay with it and see that God delights in me what was the message that you had spoken in your life before that, that that would be like a significant piece of information to drop off? At that time, I was starting out in ministry and I was starting to become a speaker. And of course, I was looking all at all like the, the well-known speakers and trying to be like them coming from a background of lots of rejection, lots of performance for identity and, and my worth. It was so deeply ingrained in me. And I knew this at the time, but it was so deeply ingrained in me that um, I'm valuable. I'm okay if people like me, if they think I'm cool, if, you know, I look a certain way, I act a certain way, I do ministry a certain way. Yeah, no kidding. I mean, I think a lot of guys can relate to that, right? Like we show up to the world, um, whatever that looks like, whether, you know, it's whatever, uh, job that you guys are working in whatever ministry, you know, show up up to jujitsu practice anywhere. And like you, we genuinely want to be liked. And unless you are a sociopath, like that is absolutely true about you. No matter how hard you are, how stoic you are, like there's still a desire in you as a human to be, to be liked. Maybe you're not externally driven by that or driven by that external factor as much as others. Yes, there are different degrees. And I think it can lead us down some wrong paths and then lead us, um, into some hurts, into some struggles when we don't keep that in check. So I do appreciate that kind of, um, you know, little nugget dropping that off because man, had you continued down that path for another decade, where would you be? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah, totally. Well, Hey Who Ben, knows? I, I want to, I want to be able to get into a bit of your story and just kind of hear like, who's been prior to ministry? Like what, what is it that you, um, are coming with what information are you coming with in your book are free to thrive and where's that information coming from because i know a lot of it is personal experience i grew up surrounded by christianity my parents were christians uh, they met doing missions my dad was working for um, a well-known christian ministry and so i grew up we grew up talking about jesus going to church 
Um, I remember at an early age understanding uh, that God loved me. He wanted a relationship with me, um, but that I had done wrong things, which separated me uh, from, from God, but that through, you know, Jesus who lived a perfect life for me, died on the cross, rose again, I could be restored and have this relationship with God. So I was all in on that at a young age and really believed it. Um, and that relationship was restored, uh, but other relationships were broken and particularly, uh, with my dad, um, okay. while he was in ministry and well-known, he was very, uh, hot and cold in our relationship. Um, quick to get angry. Um, yell. He was emotionally abusive, um, bullying towards me. Like if I didn't perform, you know, at the, or, or if I didn't obey at the drop of a hat, he would just go into the state of, of rage. And so, uh, I learned to be really afraid of him at, at a young age, yet at the same time, desiring, you know, the love of a father as the years went by that continued in middle school. I mean, middle school just sucks. Uh, <laughs> elementary school, middle school, like kids are just, um, looking back, it's like kids say some of the most toxic oh, yeah. things to each other and do some of the most toxic things. I remember being bullied for my faith, for the music I listened to, um, for my weight. And just early on, I felt this deep sense of aloneness. Yeah. I can't measure up. Something is wrong with me, but I couldn't discern the truth from the lies. So the lies I thought were truth. I thought I truly was worthless, that mm -hmm. I was inadequate. I was weird. And, uh, as the years went by, I started responding to that. Um, I started getting really anxious and a lot of it had to do with the fear of rejection. Like when is my dad going to abuse me again? Or am I going to be rejected by people? Yeah. Started to like grow depressed. I would eventually turn inward and, and agree with all these lies. I uh, developed OCD, obsessive compulsive disorder. Yeah. Um, I got addicted to pornography. And so looking back, there were all these ways of, I was like in survival mode. Um, my, my brain was on high alert, just trying to protect me. And I didn't know that. I just thought, you know, this is the way life is. I'm struggling with this. I'm struggling with this. And um, that continued to spiral and, and get worse. Uh, started dealing with all these doubts about whether or not God was actually real. And they were, they were very intrusive. It wasn't like, huh, I'm really pondering them. It was like, I'm going about my day. And then all of a sudden I've got like this, this doubt. And that made me really afraid because I was, um, I was believing, I guess I, I was believing at the time that it wasn't okay to have doubts or questions. Yeah. And I thought that, oh, okay, I'm no longer a Christian. And so God's going to, you know, it's toxic theology. God's going to send me to hell. Uh, and yeah. so upwards of, and that, that was continuing every day, like upwards of 20 times. And I thought every time that happened, it was just kind of like real scary and horrific that continued for about a decade. So what and, age um, are we at right, right, like right then when that started? So that started around age 13. Okay. So then and you, then, you kind of like progress, like those thoughts remain there. There's already some like anxiety. There's some OCD in there. There's these thoughts that you're like internalizing as yourself. And I mean, my quick question, just want to interject here is, um, did you feel like there was anybody where you can like unload this on? Was this just something that you were harboring and just kind of dealing alone, like with yourself within yourself? Uh, yeah, no, I, I subconsciously learned that people aren't safe and that, and I would, I was afraid of what would happen if I were to share, you know, some of the things I was dealing with, like, would I be judged, condemned, rejected? Yeah. Um, just bearing your cross silently. 
Yes. So, like, so I mean, so, so many guys do the same thing even now, mm-hmm. right? Like it, that, that seems like a childish thing to do because we might not know better and we might not, ha- not have been equipped with those tools, but even like as we grow up, we might know better, but we'll still do the, so, the exact same thing with this exact same outcome. So I just, again, just wanted to, to point to that. Cause I thought that was pretty interesting, but go ahead, man. Yeah. Uh, and then to, and yeah, part of me was afraid to share it, but afraid of what it would mean. I think yeah. if I, if I shared it, but then just learning that, okay, people aren't safe. Um, I've already been judged. I've already been rejected so much. I'm not going to give anybody any more ammo. Uh, and so that just continued to spiral anxiety, depression, OCD, um, pornography, addiction, uh, eventually as the doubts grew more and more, I was just so angry, angry at, angry at God, angry at my dad, angry at myself, angry at friends and, or so-called friends and, you know, people I felt rejected by. And then it was just kind of growing and growing. Um, and then when I was 17, there's one morning in the summer when my parents woke me up and shared that my grandfather had died by suicide. And I was so angry and confused when I heard that. Um, and they said, pack your bags, we're going to the funeral. And um, that was the tipping point in my life where I said, you know what? I'm done. God, I'm done following you. Um, I don't know if I could put words to all of the things that I was feeling, but um, spent the next year just angry. I was such a bad friend. I was miserable, hated myself, hated other people, went full in like binging pornography almost every day, Um, started eating a lot, overeating. I never got into drinking or drugs um, in in my teenage years early on. Part of that was, you know, looking back early on, I started to see my dad drunk around the house. He was abusing alcohol and I hated seeing that. I hated seeing friends in high school drinking and partying and doing drugs and seeing friends either overdose or things like that or die driving drunk. And so I kind of steered clear from that, but I had my other ways of coping. Do you dream of being known as a resilient and confident Christian man? Maybe you've even wished that you would finally become more faithful and disciplined, but after trying so damn hard, you still don't see any lasting change. So you feel discouraged and ashamed. And I get that because that was me more than eight years ago. But I can tell you right now that one of the things that's going to help you become the man that God created you to be is by getting a life coach, somebody who's going to be in your corner and walking with you along the way. And because I understand the transformative power of a virtual life coach, I want to offer you a free session right now on me. All you have to do is head over to thebecomingmen.com forward slash coaching. Again, that's thebecomingmen.com forward slash coaching. What I'm seeing here is a young man who is wanting to be faithful, right? Wanting to, to hold firm uh, to the faith, wanting to stand strong in the things that you believe, but there's some stuff going on in the battlefield of the mind. Right. Mm -hmm. And you're going at it alone. You're going at it ill-equipped or unequipped just at all. And then like something traumatic, like a death happens, right. Or or a loss. And for anybody, I mean, it it could be fill in the blank for anybody else. Uh, to really be in that same situation. And again, you're kind of just like, you know what? I'm, I'm kind of done with this. Mm-hmm. I'm done with this. There's no reason for me to keep holding on. There's no reason for me to keep uh, trusting uh, this God that says that this is actually what would happen if I just continue to do this, especially if you know spiritual truths that you're not experiencing practically within yourself. Mm-hmm. Right. So I'm sure there was a, there was a season of like transition. There was a season of flip, flipping, switching, um, you know, and and people might call it like a coming to Jesus moment, but what did that look like for you as you started to reconcile between like this, uh, depravity that you felt and and the abundance that God wanted to show you? It was about after, after a year, 
So that, that was when I was 17, you know, turned 18 senior in high school, just kind of living for myself. Went away to college. This would have been a year, a year after my grandfather's suicide, went away to college, still living for myself, still angry. Um, but I met a group of a group of people who were just so, so loving. They loved Jesus. They were following him and they loved people for one of the first times in my life. I felt truly loved and accepted for who I was. I knew what they were about. And I, at the time, didn't really want anything to do with that, but I wanted, I wanted to hang out with them. Yeah. And, um, through some of those relationships there with, uh, older guys, I never had any older brothers and, you know, my dad was distant a lot. And then of course, you know, abusive, um, these just started really connecting and looking up to these older brothers. And, um, as time went on, one of them started to ask me about my spiritual life and if I knew God, what was going on there. And, um, God just worked through that. I started to open up and share things that I never shared and, um, felt safe and felt encouraged by that. And after about, this would have been my second semester in college. I was just like, okay, it's been a year and a half running from God, living for myself. I'm not happy. I'm probably the most miserable I've ever been. And, um, I know deep down that Christianity is true and that God is real and that, um, that it's true. I, you know, I, during that time, I remember spending time looking into different major world religions and exploring different things. And yeah. Christianity was just so different that yeah. God accepts you as you are through Jesus Christ. You can never be perfect and you don't have to be perfect. Jesus yeah. was perfect for you. And so he's willing to wash everything away and for forgive you and give you a new life. and purpose and you can actually know him. You don't have to live this life of, Oh, there's a deity up there. And I don't really know if I'll ever be able to talk to him or if he hears my prayers or if he'll accept me when I die. No, I could talk to God yeah. every day. And he started really revealing himself to me and started following Jesus again and growing, I would say in, in my spiritual life, but other areas of my life weren't really getting much better, like still struggling with pornography, still anxious, depressed, still dealing with so much anger. As the years went by, I thought I was growing spiritually. I was learning a lot about studying the Bible and reading, but I realized that my spiritual life was disconnected from my emotions, from my relationships, um, from the things of the past that weren't dealt with. Yeah. And so uh, that was just unresolved. And it wasn't until finishing college, being sick and tired of being sick and tired. Mm. Like, okay, I'm following Jesus. He promises this abundant life that he talks about in John 10. He says that he came to set the captives free, but I'm still struggling with these things. Yeah. And um, that's when I got involved in uh, really good therapy, really good recovery, and started to learn all about neuroscience and how my brain had been rewired yeah. and how um, all of these things were about coping with the past and trying to survive in, in life. And the, they were the subconscious default ways that I was living and thinking and responding to stress and trauma. Yeah. And so started working through a lot of that stuff and, um, yeah. Found real freedom. Uh, yeah. today I've been free from porn for nine years, a little Amen. over nine years Yes, and haven't gone back to it and I'm yes. not tempted to go back yeah. to it. Let's take a quick moment to hear from the sponsor of this episode, mastermypurpose.com. If you want to clarify your God given purpose, master the skills of some of the world's most successful and purpose driven men and march into action right now, then make sure that you head over to mastermypurpose.com for your free 21 day guide to a purpose 
purpose-driven year. You'll be able to join the army of men already marching into a new direction and purpose. Again, that's mastermypurpose.com. Well, you know, one of the things that I, I find to be interesting in, in that piece of your story is that when you said that you started to you know, link up with these people. They started to really, you know, pour into you spiritually. You started to get around community, which is one of the things guys that I talk about on this podcast so much, the importance of community, you know, it, it all didn't go away. Yeah. And that's extremely frustrating for a young Christian who's sitting there like, God, I'm trying to be faithful. I'm doing the right things, <laughs> right? I'm doing the holy things. Why am I still dealing with self-doubt, anxiety, depression, porn addiction, uh, you know, this, this obsessive compulsive stuff, like what, what is going on? And I, you know, one of the things that stood out, just this verse that came to me is uh, three, John one, two, it says, beloved, I pray that all may go well with you and that you may be in good health as it goes well with your soul. Right. Or, or that you may prosper, right. As other versions might say. And I think that that's another thing that we, completely forget as Christians, like we'll work on the spiritual things and we'll, we'll start doing the spiritual things. And hopefully we cross our fingers, the rest of our body and our health would just kind of catch up, but it doesn't, it doesn't. And I think one of the things that, man, I want to be able to uh, get into a little bit more and extract from you is what that understanding of the neurology did for you and just understanding practically what was going on spiritually as well, uh, to be able to like, actually walk into newness, walk into this new identity that the Lord is calling you into, because that's a whole different dimension that we really, you know, the lay person might not just know. Um, and so we just feel like we're just stuck captive to like our own selves and we're not prospering. We're, we're doing the prospering things, but we in ourselves are not. Mm -hmm. What are your thoughts there? I would say I, I started to realize, um, that I had been all the ways that I had been conformed to the pattern of this world. You know, a lot of times we read Romans 12 2, do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And we think, okay, just stop sinning. Yeah. Okay. Just That's stop it. doing bad things. Right. Um, but if we really look at that verse, what is the pattern of this world? It is fear. It is coping on your own. It is believing lies about your identity. It is dysfunction. Yes. It is just everything not of God. And so what happened, there's about four years of recovery and deep therapy I did. Um, I started to uncover all the ways I was conformed to the pattern of this world. And that deep down, I really believed I was worthless. I would yes. read these. I was like, yeah, I'm worthless, but God tolerates me and loves me. <laughs> you know, yes. um, I, I had to do a lot of the hard work of heart work in, in realizing what did God originally create me for? And it's the garden of Eden where Genesis one, what is it? One twenty-seven. I was made in the image of God and truly believing that, that I had infinite worth yes, and that I had dignity and volition and like other people was created to rule and reign. Um, in this world. And I was created for relationships and created to know God and be fully known and fully loved. And yet that had been stripped away and stolen as I was confirmed, conformed to the pattern of this world and learned yes. to hide, you know, because of all the things I had been through. Right. And so I, I, I had to start realizing that realizing why I was doing the things I didn't want to do. And, um, I started to realize that, in essence, what had happened was I had gone through these negative experiences and this, this happens for everybody as I've done research and recovery and minister to others. It's, it's basically a three, there's three steps to it that the enemy uses in people's lives. One, you go through a negative experience or a traumatic experience, or maybe you don't think it's traumatic, but it actually was like, we all have trauma. We live in a fallen world. It's just anything negative that you're still responding to. So we go through a negative experience, whether it's bullying or some kind of physical abuse or sexual abuse or whatnot. Second step out of that is we start believing lies about ourselves. For me, it was I'm worthless. I'm inadequate. We believe lies about God. Um, 
yeah, he, he loves me, but he just kind of tolerates me or we believe lies about other people. They're going to let me down. They're not going to be there. They're not safe. And then the third step is the behaviors, the thoughts, the things that you see. And so I had the negative experiences. I started believing the lies and then the behaviors were pornography and going to pornography to feel loved, accepted, pursued. I mean, there's so many different scenarios and genres of pornography, and those are deeply tied to our story and the things that have gone unmet or have been rejected in our life. And so I started to say, okay, why do I watch that type of pornography? Oh, it's because I'm really wanting nurture or pursual. And I saw that go unmet. And, you know, by questioning your struggles rather than just condemning them, you start to figure out what you need to heal. Yeah. Yeah. And I needed mentors and spiritual fathers and mothers and friends to fully see me and fully love me. And so that's what happened in recovery and therapy for four years. Um, Same thing with anxiety, you know, the, the third step there. I was anxious about rejection because I had these negative experiences and was believing that I'm not good enough. Yeah. You know, I'm sorry, go ahead. And then the rest of Romans 12 to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And so it's like taking that, those three steps and figuring out what it's about and then renewing your mind and saying, okay, here's the negative experience. Here's what I needed. Rather than rejection, I needed acceptance. Number two, I'm believing I'm worthless, but the truth is that I'm a love child of God and I I see it in my life and I see how God has shown up. And then the third step is rather than the unhealthy behaviors or whatnot is, is reaching out, like sitting with God, connecting with him, uh, reaching out to other people, experiencing their love and their acceptance. Yes. And, um, we find healing as we figure out what our struggles are about and what we're truly longing for. And that's yes. what happened in my life. Oof, amen to that. I, I think two things stand out with what you just said. Number one, you d- had gone through four years. Okay. I have to convince some guys that they need to work at something for longer than four weeks. Right. Mm-hmm. Because what we want is that, is that quick fix, right? The, the, Hey, I don't want to do this anymore. Take this away. All right, go ahead and try this out. Uh, three weeks later, it didn't work. <laughs> like, no, man, effort, right? And it's focused effort. No, actually, it's intentional focused effort with energy and intentionality that needs to be um, at the forefront there. And then number two is that you went beyond the behavior. And that's another place where we get stuck, right? Because all we're, well, a lot of times, and the easy thing to do, guys, when you want to like, you know, save the day, you focus on the behavior. Um, you want to, you want to stop watching porn. All right. I'm going to stop watching porn. And then you relapse and then you have another relapse. And then it's like, you're not actually going that layer deep, right? I call it the five layer bean dip. Like let's get all the way to the bottom of that dang bean dip so we can get Mm -hmm. to the good meaty stuff. Why is it that you're watching the porn? Right? Like what we do and and a perfect analogy, guys, if you're inside and you have a fly swatter and you're swatting at a bunch of flies all in your house. I'm, I'm going to tell you, stop doing that. Look around your house and figure out what door you left open. <laughs> Look mm-hmm. behind you and you'll see that the, the dang windows are all open. And you might just actually need to go take care of that in your life before you stop, you waste energy just trying to swat at these flies. So again, you did this for a long time, right? And four years is a long time in the life yep. of a young man who is like, God, you said you would do this and I've been faithful. But here I am. And then number two, you didn't stop at the, just the behaviors. You went deeper. Your thoughts. Yeah. Um, you know, at first, as I started, it was just really a, a grind of, oh, I just, my only problem really is that I'm really angry and I look at porn, you know, and I was so <laughs> focused on the behaviors. It was like, okay, I want to stop I want to stop doing that. Yeah. And the more and more I got into it, I started to realize that all of this stuff is connected and the behaviors are just revealing the level of unhealth and woundedness in my soul. Yeah. And 
to actually, I started to realize, you know, those, those behaviors were ultimately not my problem, but my attempted solution. Yeah. Pornography anger was about accept, trying to find acceptance, trying to protect myself. I'm trying to keep others at a distance because I didn't want to be rejected again. And as I started to realize that I realized what I really needed and that was love and acceptance and to be known and to realize that I was not worthless. Um, and that I was, uh, adequate and I started to find what I was actually looking for. Um, as I reached out for help, as I stayed in process for the long run and I start, I, I say now that, you know, our struggles aren't random. They're signals that when are answered can lead to a flourishing life. Yes. And so it's not like I just got rid of my porn problem and, you know, that, that made life a little bit better, or I got rid of the anxiety or the anger, uh, or the overeating and life got a little bit better. It was like, no, there's a complete 180. Yes. Because. I started to flourish and thrive and uh, experience true satisfaction. And I was known and loved and supported and no longer isolating. And I felt seen and, um, you know, research affirms this. Uh, Harvard has been doing this study for over 80 years, looking at what leads to the happiest and healthiest lives. And the head of the study went on record a couple of years ago and said that it's good relationships that keep us happier and healthier. And so if you want to have the happiest life with the lowest amount of disease, it's good relationships. And that's what I found good relationships with God and with other people and with myself, no longer beating myself up, condemning myself, but um, talking to myself the way God would as his son, who he loves. And that, you know, it's, it's not money. It's not success. It's not social media following. It's not what you look like. Research shows us secular research. It's relationships that are going to make you thrive and flourish the most. And that's what I, that's what I found as I kind of did the hard work and, and work through things and and ultimately relationships hurt us the most and they yes. heal us the most. That's right. And I had been deeply hurt and unbeknownst to me, I needed these relationships and God used them to heal me. Yeah. You know, I want to go back to something that you said about um, those negative experiences and those struggles. They point to something important. I was just listening to an episode by Dr. Carolyn Leaf, shout out to her. Um, I want to get you on the podcast one day. Um, she was talking about, how we actually need to press in and pay attention to those moments when we feel anxious or when we feel stress. Right. And guys, let's, let's, you know, let's get common on some of these terms here. When I'm saying stress, don't worry. I don't mean that like you're less of a man and like you're stressed out about something and this is like terribly bad. Like, no, sometimes there's good stress. All I'm talking about is there's like a physiological response in your body where your hands start getting a little sweaty. You start getting tunnel vision. You start to maybe your heart rate increases a little bit more and you are prepared for something. Now, when that happens chronically and there's actually no stimulus, that is a a, a totally separate, um, disorder that you do need to work on, but in regular, I'm talking regular stress, regular, um, I don't want to say regular anxiety because I don't want it to feel like it's regular, but, um, just a heightened, uh, state, but what you're talking about a struggle, pay attention to those. She says, because they are just, it's just your mind trying to tell you something mm-hmm. about yourself or about your surrounding. And from what you've said before, and I've, I've heard you say it in another podcast, like this is God given, like God gave you those, um, those systems within your body to help you wake up, to become aware. And, you know, I, I don't know how much I agree with this, but I'll say it. And if you guys think it's good, then I'll repeat it. Um, <laughs> this guy said, you know, this, um, the woman with the red dress that Satan is trying to tempt you with is also the same woman that the Holy spirit is trying to heal you with. And let me get, make some clarification. 
when the woman with the red dress, whatever that is in your life, right? It could, it could be like financial success, your pursuit of money, your pursuit of, you know, validation, whatever it is, like this tempting thing. And when it comes before you, yes, the enemy can, can throw it at you in all of these perverted ways, can make you stumble and make you fall. But the Holy Spirit is also trying to highlight a need, a desire, something inside of you that is not, a, that is not fully uh, complete, a hole that is not plugged up with the, with the love of God. And I think one of the things that you're pointing at and that you last said is that community relationship is one of the most important pieces of life that is going to help plug those things up. That is going to bring us to wholeness. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because all of our struggles, our sin struggles, the things that make us angry, stressed, those are messengers. Proverbs 4.23 says everything you do flows from your heart. And they're not random. They're not happenstance. There's a reason why there's a reason why some people get anxious about this situation. Some people get anxious about that situation. Yes. Some people look at that type of pornography. Some people say, Oh, that person is my type. Like everything we do flows from our hearts and it's deeply rooted to the fact that we live in a fallen world and our heart gets damaged from pain from loss from rejection and we seek to to um find closure for yeah. those things we yeah. seek a whole heart and god wants that um for us and so if we start questioning our struggles whatever like you're saying whatever the red dress is for us whatever yeah. the woman in the red dress is i think those are messengers and god is inviting us to you know, uh, what's it? Someone, Psalm one nineteen. search me. Oh God, why do I keep struggling with this? What, what does this have to do with my past? What am I longing for that you want to fulfill in healthy ways? And that's how we are ultimately healed. We figure out the parts of our heart that have been harmed and damaged, uh, and what we're longing for. And then we find it fulfilled through God and, and through other people. Yes. And, um, that's what God did in my life. And it takes time because if, you know, you think about it, you have all, all these years of having these negative experiences and thinking a certain way and responding a certain way. Um, and then you have to be transformed by the renewing of your mind and day by day, be patient with yourself, be gracious. Cause it takes time to unlearn I tell guys, cause I, I led recovery groups for six years. I tell guys, it's like, it's like all of a sudden you have to stop walking on your feet and learn to walk on your arms the rest of your life. <laughs> and you'll be surprised like 30 days go by and you're like, Oh my gosh, I feel like a new man. And it's getting so much easier. Yeah. Um, but you may, you know, slip and fall um, yes. and revert to, you know, older ways. Cause it had been 18, 20, 25, 30 years of doing that. Uh, but it, but it can, but it can be done. Yes, absolutely. I think uh, introspection is is a word that comes to my mind, to mind here. Like the importance of truly being introspective within yourself and getting beyond just the first contact layer, you know, mm -hmm. as, as I've called, heard it called before. And, you know, I think the verse that you were referring to is uh, Psalm 139. Um, and it, it's right at the end of the Psalm guys. And it says this, it says, uh, search me, Oh God, and know my heart. And I love that you said like, Hey, out of the overflow of the heart, right? Those mm -hmm. are, those are the struggles of life. Um, and then it says, try me and know my thoughts, right? So here, here's the psalmist, like really bringing up these different dimensions of the human experience, right? My heart, my thoughts. And then he says, and see if there be any grievous way in me and lead me in the way everlasting, right? Or in other versions to say, and see, if, um, you know, try me and know my anxious thoughts. It's like, man, it, that invitation right there saying to God, just that little small two verse prayer is so big, right? Such a huge invitation to say, God, there is something here inside of me and I want to be more aware of it. Um, you know, I, I think if you wouldn't mind being vulnerable about something, we can try something pretty practical that uh, I think maybe the guys might walk away with and say, Hey, yeah, that's a pretty good uh, form of introspection that I could do in my car by myself. Um, 
So Ben, you know, whatever you feel is appropriate to share, what was one of the most um, recent struggles that you had? Recent it can be struggles. something small, something that happened. Hmm. And you're like, wow, yeah, that that's kind of a, a weird, uh, weird thing that just happened. Um, trying to think when this was. Because it's, it's been so long, guys. That's what he's talking about. <laughs> just kidding. No. Go ahead, <laughs> uh, thoughts. Oh, oh man. With with my thoughts too, sometimes still, sometimes still I'll just get so angry or like so um, judgmental. Like even yesterday, just in, in the grocery store, like some people were taking forever, like looking in the fridge and I'm like, Oh my gosh, these idiots, they've got no (laughs) self-awareness. They're only thinking about themselves. And then I'm constantly reminded of the words of Jesus of like, you know, when he talks about, um, murder, it's like, you've heard it said, you know, (laughs) that, or he talks about a woman or he talks about adultery. You've heard it said this. I tell you, if you think about a woman lustfully in your uh, in your, uh, heart, oh yeah, you committed adultery. And then I'm, I'm like, okay, I'm walking away from that situation going, I'm not a murderer, but I have laid people out in my mind. I have destroyed <laughs> people in my mind. And Jesus <laughs> says it's the same. And I'm like, yes. Oh God, what's going on in my, yeah, in my heart. Yeah. And like, I don't like, like walking away from that. Like, God, I don't like this. I don't, I don't want this. But I know in, in that, that prayer of like, what is this about? Um, and it's about, you know, so much of anger, anger, a lot of times is a, is driven by fear. It's a secondary emotion. I mean, there is good anger and grief and righteous anger and seeing injustice responding to it. But for me, like, gosh, why am I so angry about that in my mind? Yeah. And it's because. I have learned to have a strict schedule and to pull all the stuff off and to try and, you know, be so disciplined so that I can do it. Yes. And if somebody gets in the way of that, that affects my identity. Yes. And because I highly value responsibility. And if what happens if I don't follow through on something and then my mind goes to, well, maybe from the past, <laughs> like I'll be rejected. And so all of that, yeah. You know, you oh my people maybe listen to that and being saying, no, Ben, those people are just taking way too long and you had every right to be angry. <laughs> but if you take it deeper in like yes. Psalm 139, you realize, oh my gosh, this is about the past and wow. about fearing rejection. And I don't need to fear that anymore because I'm yeah. loved. I'm accepted. Uh, I'm a love child of God on my worst days, on my best days. It has nothing to do with my performance and failure or even success. Yes. Um, and yes. that just, when you start to catch those thoughts, I didn't catch them at the time <laughs> and switch them. This is what my therapist yeah. says, catch and switch the thoughts. Yep. Exactly. Um, it, it, it leads to such freedom. Yes. Man, and you know, there was absolutely no prompting there. Um, and I did not talk to you about doing this beforehand, but guys, I just want you to be aware of what just happened over the last two and a half minutes. Like I asked Ben a simple question of one of the struggles, and he innately already knows to go inside to get introspective and the ways that I do it. And I encourage guys to do it because I feel like if you don't know how to do it, if you don't know uh, where to even start, it, it's helpful to kind of have some kind of, um, you know, model. Right. And so again, I, I call it the five layer bean dip where I'm like, I ask five, I ask at least five questions. Right. Mm-hmm. So the, the first question and four whys, Right. And so for you, it's like, you know, what, what just happened in there? Well, somebody was obviously, you know, taking their freaking time. And it just, these idiots like, why did that make you upset? That's the first layer, right? Mm-hmm. Cause it really, we just get stuck at the, those idiots. Why did that make you upset? Well, because I, I really, I, I have some fear there. It's like, well, why do you have some fear? Right? Like maybe you might even stop there guys. Like yep. you're good enough with that. Like, no, let's go a little deeper. No, because I value my schedule and I have to be disciplined like this. Well, why do you have to, do you feel like you have to be disciplined like this? Yep. Well, because 
if I'm late to something, other people will think something about me and yada, yada. And man, before you know it, like that guy who's just reading that dang label on the back of the milk, like he knows and understands nutritional facts, which you know, he doesn't because maybe he's 50 pounds overweight and you're already like cursing him up. And you're like, oh man, it has nothing to do with that guy. And it has everything to do with my own perception of myself. Mm-hmm. And that little moment at the grocery store, that was your woman with the red dress. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. And then the beauty of those situations is my old mentor and therapist would say triggers can lead to transformation. So in the present, every time something like that comes up, it's an opportunity to grow and to heal and for God to meet you there. So rather than seeing it as simply a problem, see it as, Oh, I've got all these, all these all these problems coming up. No, these are opportunities yes. to encounter God, to be healed, um, to oh overcome goodness. the yeah. things that have held me back. Now, now let's go full circle, right? And let's go back to the beginning of the, our conversation. You took some time to lay out what it was like growing up, what your inner life, your thought life was like, all of the struggles that were coming, all of those triggers that you were experiencing but you did not have the right community, the right resources, the right people around you to be able to turn those triggers into transformation. And so all you, you were stuck in depression. You were stuck Mm -hmm. in anxiety. You were stuck in, uh, you were deprived of like, like I said, I mean, community, you know what I mean? You were deprived of, of understanding and, and um, the love of God and man, like what would be the, the impact if we weren't able to get this into us way, way, way long before. And that right there is the goal of this podcast, guys. Connect you with these type of resources so that you don't have to go through 10 years of pain and struggle when it actually just takes you being really intentional and having that focused intentional effort in one area to get introspective enough to learn from other people, to be humble enough to approach life with a new direction. Maybe stop walking on your feet, start walking on your hands. You're going to stumble. It's going to feel different. But after a while, you're going to get it. Mm-hmm. And I, I just I appreciate that transformation. What are your, What are your thoughts? Yeah, exactly. And I I know early on for me, 11 years ago, as I started the four years of recovery, it, my mentor helped me think through. So why are you going to do this? Like, what's going to keep you going on the days you want to quit? And then I found the scripture of Jesus for the, in Hebrews, Jesus for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. Mm. And, and then I was reading about um, Victor Frankl and, Nazi Germany and how he was, what got him through that was a, the joy set before him, this greater vision of, he was seeing his friends die left and right. And his vision was, I'm going to get out of here one day and I'm going to lecture and teach about how you make it through suffering. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And he, he did that. Uh, It was the joy that got him through it. So I started to think, what's the joy before me? Well, one, I want to be married one day and have kids and I don't want to bring my struggles, my anger, pornography into marriage. I want to have a healthy marriage and be able to engage with my kids and, and all of that. Cause porn was causing so much shame. It caused me to be so isolated and, and to not want to engage with anybody. Yes. Uh, and number two was I had this vision from God, this joy of being able to help other people mm-hmm. and I knew so many people were struggling and then I found these solutions and I was like, this is God's using this to set me free. God can use this in other people's lives. And I envisioned God using me all around the world to help people find freedom. And, um, and those things kept me going. There's so many days I wanted to quit and to not do my recovery homework, to not make phone calls, to not show up to therapy, to, Oh, it was so difficult. Um, but the vision is what kept me coming back to, no, I'm going to keep going day by day. And then God started giving me opportunities. I started speaking and writing and sharing my story. And, um, God used that to get me to where I am today to the point where now it's not, not just about pornography or anxiety, but people are being saved by suicide. People are finding these resources and um, 
coming across them and finding help and and not dying by suicide and people are getting into therapy for the first time and people are being set free from pornography and and marriages are being restored and um to see that now makes all of the struggle worth it and i couldn't have seen it before because it was a future vision but i i strongly felt like this is something god wants for me and has given me and called me to do and i'm yeah. going to see it see it through yes proverbs 29:18 where there is no vision the people perish you got that you you had that said it before you and you charged that it you marched um i actually want to I, I mean and you're doing that right you're having that type of impact uh, you're right now the director of a uh, resolution movement. And then also you authored that book, uh, free to thrive, how your hurt struggles and deepest longings can lead to a fulfilling life. So I, I mean, maybe just by way of outro, can you tell these guys how they can get connected with what you're doing at resolution movement, um, how to get your book and where to connect with you? Yeah, please connect with us, um, on resolutionmovement.org. We've got so many free resources, uh, videos, podcasts, email series, things that I think will serve you to help you realize or understand deeper why you do the things you don't want to do and how those things are actually signals that when responded to can lead to more flourishing. You can get closer to God. You can get closer to other people by engaging um, these things in your life. And we walk you through that. and then on social media, resolution movement. Um, and I'm I'm on social media, Ben V Bennett, Instagram, TikTok, all of that. The book is available, Free to Thrive. Basically, Free to Thrive takes the past 11 years for me and everything I've learned. And my mentor Josh McDowell, decades of his experience too, and puts it all into one resource. You can get it anywhere books are sold right now. It's on sale. It's crazy. It's a hardcover book. It's on sale for like $2.99 on Amazon. I don't know if they're just trying to get rid of it or if they really believe in it, but uh, it's wild. Audio version. It's available in Spanish. That just came out two weeks ago. It's in Spanish now. It's coming out in some other languages next year. Feel free to DM me too on, on Instagram or resolutionmovement.org. Send us a message. We'd love to hear from you, hear how we can serve you in your journey. Gentlemen, thank you for joining us on this episode of the Becoming Men podcast. My hope is that this show is impactful and that it is a tool for you to grow as you become the man that you were created to be. If this is your first time joining us, then make sure that you subscribe to the podcast so that you won't miss another life-changing episode. And by the way, if you want to reach me, get a hold of me personally, you can find me on Instagram, on Twitter at Ray De La Nuez. And if you want to help us transform the lives of men from around the world, then you can right now by taking a quick moment to leave us an honest review on iTunes. That small little act does so much to get this podcast in front of the right men. Gentlemen, until next time, continue to march. 